welcome once again to Meanwhile in the Multiverse. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and joined by God most always, Keith. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, although I am tired because I stayed up all night watching um, New Japan Professional Wrestling at CEO last night. Yeah, I mean, you, I've been, I was up watching that shit too because you sent it to me. Yeah, and, man. Uh, and the whole time I'm like, what am I watching? Like it was just one of those things that was so like it was nostalgic and familiar at the same time. Yeah, unfamiliar, it, it, my my fault. It was nostalgic and unfamiliar. <laughs> well, I don't it, it I think it's not unfair to call it familiar. And and for the context, we just kinda jumping into it. There's a fighting game tournament called CEO that takes place out in the Orlando area. Daytona in particular, uh Abnett Beach. And uh, the guy who runs at Jay Bailey, uh, he he has developed a relationship with Kenny Omega and some of the other wrestlers uh, who do things in Japan and also WWE. But uh, NJPW decided they were going to do a crossover event, so they brought their best dudes out to this fighting game tournament, built a ring like on the spot, and they just put on a show for everybody. And it was on Twitch.tv, so it was available to everybody for free, and it was just this really fun event. And the only way I really could explain it is it's just kind of like it's not like back in the day for people who used to watch wrestling when before, you know, WWF and WCW, were like the main stays, you had all the local wrestling things. It's like that, but turned up with like some of the top notch athletes just doing all kind of craziness, throwing baby oil on people, calling <laughs> out dudes in the crowd, like pulling off their underwear and McFoleying people with it. Like it was. Oh, insane. yeah. It was like it was like wrestling for the sake of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, it it reminded me of um back home, back when the pyramid was still the pyramid in Memphis. Yeah, before it became a bass fishing shop. Yeah. Yes. Which is, man, I went up there. It, was, it broke my heart, man. But, oh yeah, um, you you dude. The first time I saw that 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 bass that, pro that, shop. That, ooh, when I saw that big ass fish on the pyramid, man, I, I was. Oh, explain that hurt. It's like, that 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 let me know that I I have no place in that city anymore. You gotta leave. <laughs> like, like that was that's one of the biggest signs when like all your childhood things change and turn into like tourist attractions for white people, and not even a good one. Like it's a bad pro shop. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about that forever. I remember um, my grandfather would take us out there to um, Power Pro Wrestling. You remember that? Yeah. With Coco Beware and Jerry King Lawler. Yep. Like, like yeah. those people were just wrestling. Like, it, the stories barely made any sense. Like, there wasn't an elaborate story at all. Like, WWE be having, like, betrayal, um, all types of drama going on. And it still be fun, you know what I mean? But Power Pro was just stupid fun. Like, everybody was colorful, elaborate just having fun like it was just a fun time to go to you know watch wrestling matches and that's kind of what that reminded me of yeah i mean it's it's fantastic and 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 like the name suggests they normally are out in japan doing this circuit i mean they'll do stuff all around the world but i mean honestly if you can go on youtube check out uh, njpw highlights and stuff and consider subscribing to this stuff i mean it's it's really great content like i mean it's hard to describe just the sort of 
athleticism that's built into them because they got all these crazy tag team moves and dudes like run across the ropes and then do like these special taunts and stuff. It's it's crazy, man. Like yeah. it's it, nothing. Those things like that are like wonderful experiences though that um that you kind of take for granted or you just <laughs> never think about because we just be so caught up into other stuff. Like people rather be stuck on Netflix and Hulu than actually experiencing like some real cool shit. Like I remember when I went to Houston, I went to Cirque du Soleil. Mm. And it's oh, like yeah. it's unlike anything I ever seen before in my life. And just like in that situation, these people are like dedicated and passionate about what they do. And it's it's so much athleticism and spirit that's put into it. It's amazing, man. Man, I, it's and well, speaking of which, uh, you know, sometimes you can't get those experiences on Netflix. Now, you know, the, the thing that came up recently that put me in that mindset is this new season of Luke Cage. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you were on the fence about watching this second season, like, to anybody who hadn't checked it out yet, I implore you, like, watch that. It's sensational. Like, I, I cannot... I cannot say enough about how well it's doing everything from the characters to, you know, the plot twist to the music, to the setting, uh, the cinematography, like, you know, so many things are done well. And, um, you know, I don't want to go into any spoilers, but like there are things that occurred that like, you know, really do enhance, uh, stuff from the previous season, which is, is a really rare thing. And I feel like as much as people were feeling, uh, Thanos is a villain, like, with Bushmaster, like, the way they've really fully fleshed him out is, you know, I mean, it's kind of unparalleled, you know, as far as what we see in, in comic book pop culture kind of things in, in the film slash TV medium. Like, it's just really well done. And this was crazy, though. I've never heard of Bushmaster. But then again, I wasn't, I didn't grow up like a, um, a Luke Cage fan. I was more into like Black Panther. Right. So maybe he's just a, a villain that I just never even heard of. Oh, it said his first appearance was actually in Iron Fist number 15. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's jumped around a bit, but he, he's always been like in a local New York scene. And, and again, I don't really want to get into him too much because it'll, it'll, if you want his background, like if, I don't know what you're saying of it. And the way it's done in Luke Cage is really um, it's, it's just done well. So I, I just I won't speak on it, but it's it's uh, it's really good though. So like you know, you haven't had a chance to watch season of season any of season two yet. I honestly was no. concerned it wouldn't be good uh, for Luke Cage. But what what's your favorite Netflix show so far? Marvel Netflix show. Um, favorite Marvel Netflix show. It might go to. See, I'm I'm on a fence between the first Daredevil and Daredevil 2. Season I mean, two. they're both really good. They're both really good, but they're both really good for punishing. different reasons. I think I think so so one thing I really did appreciate about the first Daredevil, it was like almost like a perfect origin story for a hero. Mm-hmm. And and everything about what makes Matt Braddock Matt Murdock, the Daredevil, is in, is shown in this particular in this season, and the action, cinematography, the acting, everything is like literally perfect in Daredevil one. And then how Kingpin it's a is in places, but outside of that, I mean, it's perfect. And then Kingpin, like the relationship, the 
how how the antagonist is literally the perfect antagonist to um the superhero where he's he's pretty much the hero of his own story so i, I guess yeah. the first yeah. daredevil would probably be my favorite because that's kind of what started it like okay I'm, I'm into it the second one is good and mainly because of the punisher like the punisher set it off like yeah um and what, what did you think of the punisher show I liked it. I liked it. I don't think it's the the strongest of the Netflix shows, though. I don't think it's the strongest one. I I think it's it's it might be my second favorite one. It might be. I tell you what. I it's the it's the best take of the Punisher that I've seen thus far outside of the comics. I thought the way they handled PTSD or war veterans was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and it just that and just how they handled. Frank Castle himself, you know, mm-hmm. in a way where when when you usually think of the Daredevil, you just think of him just out getting revenge and like killing these criminals and stuff like that. But you that said added, Daredevil, but you mean Punisher, right? I'm sorry, not Daredevil, Punisher. I want to double check. Yeah, 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 most definitely Punisher. But in this one, you see a little bit more in depth and like like how it's really all involved in a deeper conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. And how yeah. even. And even him, like he he wasn't he was not a good guy. Prior to prior to his family getting killed, he was not that guy. You know. Well, I, man, oh, you you have to watch season two because there's some really interesting things they bring up about how that functions. Like, well, like Punisher or just in general. Well, just like this idea of like what what makes a person become you know what somebody might consider a monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because they, they, it's not, it's not, you know, approached prior to that, but, you know, in other shows, because, I mean, a lot of Netflix, Netflix shows do that, you know, in a pretty decent way. Yeah. But the way The Punisher and Luke Cage season two do it, I mean, it's it's just really good. But I, I think Luke Cage does it the second season best. I'm not, I'm only, I got three episodes left, I think. And, okay, uh, okay. Man, it's it's just ooh. so. What do you you know Take in comparison that. to that? I know we talked about it a little bit, but where do you compare it on terms to season one of Luke Cage? Oh, well, okay. So think about season one of Luke Cage. The end was terrible. <clears throat> Actually, yeah. after they kill Cottonmouth, it just kind of. It's not that it becomes bad. It's just they kind of lose sight of what was making it special in the first place. Um, yeah. Because the pacing's off, it felt like you're just kind of like spinning your wheels. Like, remember that part where, um, what was the the dude name that that could fight Luke? Uh, kind of straight up, I can't remember now. his brother. Um, his brother, um, Diamondback. So Diamondback, remember that part where like he actually he shoots Luke or something, and Luke's in that dump truck, and yeah. then the next episode starts, and he's like, "Find him!" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Nigga, you could have fucking did whatever you wanted." Like, what are you talking about? Like it, it was a weird like there was just a lot of weird writing decisions and stuff, and that happens in comic book stuff sometimes. But it was like if you wanted to kill him, you could have just done it. It literally, like, I think what what messed me up with that one that it became too comic bookish towards. Yeah, that, the end. that was the other thing I was about to mention. It became Sam Raimi Spider Man at the end. Yeah, where, whereas it was like perfect, like it almost because because I, I felt like it almost felt like a whole different show towards that point. Yeah, because and, it and went if from they were going to do that, they should have did that early on. Like at least with Black Lightning, Black Lightning kind of 
it kind of introduced you to this is a comic book show very early on. I don't know how to explain it. Like, like it, like it, it stays comic book and it stays super corny, but it, but it never really. And it's not that Black Lightning's unserious, but like it, it's always rooted in the comic book fashion. Like in the Spider Man right. movies, if you look at Sam Raimi to the next just the Amazing Spider Man stuff. I don't know if you saw the end of um, of uh, I can't remember if this is the first or second one, but like course, Amazing Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man. Remember he's fighting Rhino at the end, and that kid comes out. Like first, it's all these people with like uh, Barry Amazing Spider Man too. Yeah, and like at the end, uh, the kid comes out. And he's like, "I'm going to fight you, Rhino." He's like, uh, "I'm gonna hurt your kid." And then Spider Man comes out, and the mom's like, uh. "That's how the end of Luke Cage is." You're like, "Why the tone switch so hard? Like, what the fuck is going?" Yeah, on? like I'm talking about Gwen Stacy just died. <laughs> like, bro, I'm, I'm not like here. His for girlfriend that. literally <laughs> just died, and now y'all, okay, they gonna show. Oh, let's show him doing his Spider Man stuff at the end. Like, bro, like now nah, you don't you don't end a movie. It, whatever note you ended on, that's what you. It's too. It was. It was supposed to be too impactful of a note. And so when you do that, it's like you betray what you just established a moment ago. Yeah, but the thing, about, Luke Cage, literally from the time they killed Cottonmouth, like it, it, it literally turned into that different kind of show. And I felt like that just didn't fit what was happening earlier. Um, the thing about Jessica Jones that was interesting is, well, wait a minute, have you seen that? I seen the first season. I haven't watched the second season. So first season, what did you think of the first season? I actually really liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I felt like it was drawn out. I felt like on some real shit, like she could have killed Kilgrave a long time ago. Well, but on then, top of that, she kept him alive so long that she became the perpetrator of the same things that Kilgrave had done. By doing the same shit to him, by you know, by torturing him, by keeping him alive, just to kind of fuck with him. Like, I mean, she claimed but it was like to, so he would admit that I, he had stuff wrong. I like that because it kind of makes sense because she she was pretty much made into a monster by him by the abuse that he inflicted on her. Right, but then this means like, so my my thing is, if it's wrong when Kilgrave does it, just because she had been a victim, like, why are we saying it's fine because she did it to him? No, I'm not saying it's fine. I think that's the whole purpose. Like, a lot of these Marvel heroes, like the Netflix show heroes, they're very um, ambiguous. Like, they're real gray area heroes. Well, see, like, I like that too. I, I guess my thing is when you're looking at um, kind of like the criticism and reception of the show. Nobody really dives into that question. Like they just like, oh, it's, it's just doing all this great feminist work. And I was like, I, I see that definitely, but like, are we just not gonna have this conversation about what happened here? I, I feel like it's fine for it, for her to do that, but it's like I, I want to explore that. I think that's really interesting. It kind of like, reminded me of. Didn't um, want to get into it. It reminded me a little bit, not not on this level, but of this uh, film that was made in the seventies called "I Spit on Your Grave." Okay. Have you seen that before? No, I don't know about it. So, so a quick story about that movie and how I found out about it. Like, um, in one of my film classes, I had a teacher. I don't. I think it was in producing and directing, and he had mentioned the film, and he told us never watch this film. He called it a snuff <laughs> film and all this stuff. So you know me, I'm like, shit, I'm definitely finna watch this movie. Like, of course, I could. It was hard to find, but I, I eventually found it. I bought it, and um, it's pretty much about this woman. She was a writer. And um, she was out in this cabin, and she got raped by these hillbillies, right? Okay. She got raped and left for dead. 
And what they showed or something? Yeah, they showed a rape. It's it's like and it's extensive rape. It's not like there's one scene of rape. There's like a back to back scene of raping, right? Like okay. the most what whatever you like the most brute like sticking stuff in the like it was all types of shit going on, right? Okay. So it was like the torture type rape stuff, right? Uh huh. Which I guess this is you know whatever the rape is rape. When was this film made? In the seventies, so it was made Here? during like the slasher period in film. What was it? Was it? It was in the U.S. It was made. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think it was the U.S. Yeah, it's U.S. That sounds so like a French happens, film, and, I, and I'm not saying that to like dismiss the French culture or something, but like they do a lot of. You know stuff, what? I they, was wondering if it was a French movie. Not they, they, they push boundaries a lot. That's one reason. It, I, it, I it has that. a it has that feel to it because like it actually they actually show genitalia and stuff like that. Okay. So. So what happens is that she comes back. Now they mind you, they thought she had died. I forgot something had happened where they thought she had died. And she had been in the forest or whatever. And she had survived. And so she comes back and she kills them all in like this most brutal fashion, right? Uh-huh. So it's kind of also like I, I guess you could say some people would call it kind of like a strong feminist um movie and stuff. Because these people they deserve everything that happened to them. But I'm talking about some of the worst ways that you can torture a person. She did it to them. Okay, like what? I mean, since we since we talking about I it, like even, I can't even remember. It's stuff dealing with balls. Like it's all types of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, like hard candy, except she did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hard candy. So yeah, it's like hard candy, but she's actually do- tortured these people to death. And now, okay. mind you, like, because it was a corrupt cop. He was involved in the rape. It was a lot of people involved in it. Wow. They actually made a 2000 remake of it, if you ever interested in seeing that one, too. No, but I'm but, sorry I got so off subject. But the, Well, I'm not really no, off subject. The whole point is, like, does it, like, does it necessarily make it right? Like, is she really the hero of the story, you know, after you torture and, and murder some people, you know? Well, okay. So, you know what? <laughs> I think... Now this isn't an exact equivalent thing, but I think that'll lead us to the the uh, thing we knew we were probably going to talk about, which is Terry Crews. Yeah. So, I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, uh, but Terry. So let's say kind of setting the scene. Terry Crews is this um, actor. Uh, he he used to be an NFL player. He decided later to pursue uh, stuff in the arts. He's actually, uh, I believe, he has an art degree. He's a really fantastic painter. Oh, um, really. Yeah, like he's really good, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, but he he's done a lot of acting, um, primarily in comedy. Uh, but he's all done lots of things. Um, right now, he's known best as uh, for his role in Brooklyn Nine Nine. I cannot think of the name that he has in the show. He's a sergeant in the show. Brooklyn Nine Nine is a fantastic show. If you ain't watching it, watch it. It's it's really good. It'll be on NBC next season. Anyway, so um, anyway, he was out at a party. Uh, a couple years back, something like that, and this guy who was part of his agency, um, in front of his wife, like groped him, and uh, and you know apparently when Terry Crews asked him to back off, he didn't do it. He, he attempted to do it again, and um, I'll just you know refer to his tweet because so what's happened is since that time he's kind of when the Me Too movement started, he spoke up as well. Um, now, of course, many people are saying, well, why are you doing this, Terry? This is a, a woman's movement. But he was like, well, I mean, but this happens to men, too. And other people have spoken up about, you know, like very quietly and very rarely, but men have spoken up and said that they've had 
uh, men sexually abuse him or, or whatever, or harass him in Hollywood. And uh, so he comes out, he, he tells his story, and people were kind of skeptical of it. Um, and he testified the Senate last week um, about the situation. And uh, if we could here, let's play a clip of how that, that went on. You're a big, powerful man. Why didn't you? Senator, as a black man in America, Say it as it is. I think it's important. You only have a few shots at success. You only have a few chances to make yourself a viable member of the community. I'm from Flint, Michigan. I have seen many, many young black men who were provoked into violence. And they were in prison, and then, or they were killed, and they're not here. My wife, for years, prepared me. She said, if you ever get goaded, if you ever get prodded, if you ever have anyone try to, try to push you into any kind of situation, don't do it. Don't be violent. And she trained me. I'll be honest with you. It was the strength of my wife who trained me and told me, if this situation happens, let's leave. And the training worked. Because I did not go into my first reaction. I grabbed her hand. We left. But the next day, I went right to the agency. Right, And I have texts. I have uh, phone conversations. And I said, this is unacceptable. And I told them how... You know, I almost got violent, but I didn't. And I said, what are you going to do about this predator that you have roaming your hallways? And, you know, I was told we're going to do everything in our power. We are going to handle this, Terry. You're right. It is unacceptable. And then they disappear. Nothing happened. Uh, now, following that, that testimony um he put out a tweet and the tweet reads as such and we'll put this in the show notes i says why didn't you say something this is from terry cruz mm-hmm. why didn't you say something i did why didn't you push him off i did why didn't you cuss him out i did why didn't you tell the police i did why didn't you press charges i did why did you just let it happen i didn't why didn't you beat him up inside and, and the, the part I neglected to mention is Terry Crews is a very, very, you know, muscular man. Like, he, he could probably, he's kind of dude that it looked like if he, you know, accidentally bumped into, like, a small car, it, it just crumpled. Yeah, you know, like, like I think he of, can mistakenly hurt you. Yeah, he actually, <laughs> like, like old Spice commercials, too. Yeah, and it. You know, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because that's one of the first things that I think about. Like, you see somebody like Terry Crews who is um, physically imposing, intimidating in a sense. You know, that just is what it is. He is. But his his from what you see from his personality and from the fact, like you said, he mostly do comedic roles. And he's, he's an artist. He's just like a, you know, a cool, wonderful person from what we see. But... But the world just see a big black man, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so with that, with that, that equates there's certain social bodies that's put to that. Like, oh, you should have that. That's no way that that that's it's almost comical to people. Like, I bet when he first did, they were like <laughs> this big. This yeah, yeah, people like Fifty Cent, yeah. like you know, after he did his Fifty Cent, oh, Lord, after he did his Senate testimony, Fifty Cent was coming at him, talking about how he's a sissy and this and that, and how you let that happen to you. You I mean, like dude. But at the same time, though, the the thing is that you 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 have certain choices in that particular situation. I think he went the right route because, like, at the same time, if he beat the guy up. And it's something that I think comes with a little bit more wisdom and maturity. Now, if it was me, I would have laid hands on him. I know I would because I know me, right? Well, but, but, but the thing is, as, as it's mentioned in that clip, his well, he said his wife trained him not to do that. This may exactly. come up, and that's and, and that's that's good that she did that, and that's yeah. good to have a wife that can do that. And then also after the fact that you showed that reserve. She she don't look at you no differently as a man because it's some women that if you did beat his ass she gonna be like oh you a punk you know what I'm saying so that's that's all between because at the end of the day the only only opinion that matters is the opinion that he has of himself and the opinion that his wife has in him. you know and also Terry Crews you know in this clip where he's giving his testimony when he mentions that he's from Flint Michigan I mean there's a sort of um, you know. He's trying to recognize the fortune he has and not blow it, and also, as you mentioned, show like a sort, a sort of sort of maturity that you don't have to react to every single thing that happens, but you do have to know that if you are a black man, like they gonna come for you. And we've seen white people calling uh, the cops on young black people for next to nothing. Like there was that woman that people saw calling the hashtag permit patty who called the cops on this eight year old girl uh for selling water, claiming she didn't have a permit for it, so she gonna call the cops. Like there's so many examples of stuff like that where people feel so emboldened, particularly nowadays, to come at folks and he knows if he hits this man, nobody's gonna believe him if he say he grabbed my my you know, my junk. Yeah. And then and then you know, it was a white man too, right? Yeah, and it th- you know, man, so quick, like it, people ain't even like coming at him like, oh well, we don't even believe you. They come to him like, oh well, you a punk for letting it happen, which is crazy. Man, look, that man will sue the shit out of Terry Crews' ass. Be like, you're out of here, buddy. Your career is over. You're over. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he was saying. Like, like they were coming to him, like you like, know, we not like, gonna he put could, you. We not gonna do this. We not gonna do that. Like man, he he would if he would have knocked that dude out, he would have um, lost everything. And I think people who do stuff like that, they do it because they know they have the power, or they feel they have the power to get away with it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and again, Luke Cage plays on this season too in a really amazing way. Yeah, because. Even in the same way, like, of course, like with the Me Too movement and how a lot of these guys are towards the women, they do these things because they feel like they can get away with it. You know, if you really felt like you couldn't get away with it, you probably wouldn't do it. And well, so, and so, and so that's another thing to even to even think, like, what would have made him think? In his mind, that it would be okay to grow up a grown man like that. Yeah, but and not any grown man. Like, what what would allow you to know 
that you could get away with that. Yeah, without getting your your head knocked off. And and also with even knowing that there could be threat to your physical body, knowing that that person will suffer from that action more but, but than look, you would. But look, here's the thing. If he doesn't and gets away with it like he has, he get to, you know, high five his boys. Oh, look what I got away with. And then if Terry Crews beat his ass, oh, I'm a victim. Like, he exactly. Because that's the thing that's always funny about these dynamics. That's why people speak on how these systems work. Like, it's not this thing that's working, like, that's not touched by people. Like, yeah, we call it a system, but, like, it's people doing the things they do. Like, you know, the, the, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand why it's so complicated for, for people to... I don't feel like it's that nuanced, but, you know, I, we just are programmed. We have programmed ourselves to, like, not believe that certain things are even within the realm of possibility. And it's and it's, it's crazy because I also think it's just, it's just one... It's kind of like a sick um, gratification thing, I think, that a person like that would get from it. Because... For him to grab somebody, that's like if you walked up to the biggest dude in the room and knocked his ass out. Like yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's something. That's something about that. Like especially when you like me or your size, you know what I'm saying? We ain't just huge guys or whatever. So if we walked up to a guy like the size of Terry Crews and decked his ass or even fought him. Matter of fact, if I could fight a dude that's bigger than me and lose but know that I put some damage on his ass, I'm 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 cool with that. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean without a weapon? No, yeah, without a weapon, just with bare hands, just straight fisticuffs. Because that's something that you could say you did. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd be like, <laughs> look at me and look at. And him. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm I'm still alive, and I still fucked him up. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it's it's a weird thing though that humans have like in these ways of getting gratification, and by by saying, oh look what I did. Same way as like if a if a dude has sex with a woman that's bad, he gonna tell somebody. He, yeah, he no, got, and he gotta show it. Like it's just it's, and I feel like that's one of them things. And it and it it would hurt me to be in Terry Crews' position to know that somebody feel like they got away with something, and and it was nothing that you could do about it. So and and to me, that's no. I mean, I'm not gonna. I guess I don't know if it's fair to compare it to the women, but. I think any time where you in a situation where you feel powerless like that, it's it's a bad it's it's a bad place to be. And the thing is, it's easy to say maybe you no longer work in that industry. You just walk away because those people ain't your kind of people. But you don't want that to happen to the people behind you either. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then, and then it's and then it's yeah, like it just sucks to have to walk away from something that you love because of shitty people. Yeah, I don't know. It's um. It's interesting. I, I think um, there's just so many different versions of that, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue that discussion another time. For now, we'll wrap it up. We're going to do a short and sweet uh, this time around, but I mean, here we just kind of jumped around and helped the skeleton. I feel like we still got a good conversation in, and um, you know, yeah, man. This, this has been a, a really interesting time. There's a lot of interesting things happening, but there's also a lot of like just hardship happening everywhere. So, you know, I, I feel like in some ways, even though we we feel like we've taken so many steps backwards, I think being able to see these sorts of things allows us to kind of speak more to the reality of what happens day to day with folks, you know, and I think that is important. So we'll see. Um, got anything you'd like to close with in particular? 
no, no, I don't have anything else to add. I just, I just think that, like I said, that is kind of like a real difficult situation to be in. And I don't think, unless people walk in a person's and a man's shoes, you shouldn't really judge them, you know. Cause, um, cause even even guys like us, we just regular guys, you know. Sometimes you you know, as a black man, you you always got to really watch your steps in this in this world, you know. Cause it could be that that one last step or that one move that you do or you act a little too abrasive could be the last, you know. Yeah. So. Well, um, you know, that's that's all. Can't I get too down about it, but yeah. you know. But anyway, I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna try to finish Luke Cage this weekend. You know, the first, it's it's too emotionally. Man, nah, dog, you ain't gonna finish it this weekend. You gonna have to, there's gonna be a few times you have to at least take a couple hours break because, it, yeah, man, it, it it's gonna hit you in places you you wasn't expecting it to. So anyway, enjoy it though. When Sarah comes back, uh, with the baby from the trip. We're gonna finish it off. Should be done this weekend. Hopefully, we'll be able to kind of touch on it on the next episode. So we'll see. But uh, until next time, we'll uh, get to you guys much sooner than a month away. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the gap, but uh, you know we're gonna keep bringing y'all good content on a more frequent basis. So we'll holler at y'all soon. All right, peace. All right.